You're listening to Shop Talk with Misty Cordes, a podcast that delivers actionable content, business hacks, and behind-the-scenes marketing secrets for ambitious entrepreneurs who want to create a business that makes an impact and gives them the freedom, flexibility, and control they dream about. All right. Well, hello, everyone. I hope you're having a fantastic week. So, um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and dive right in. You know, you know me, if you've been on my calls before, I, I, this is a no fluff. I dive right into the content. So my name is Misty Cordes. I'm the owner and founder of Your Marketing Coach. And today we have, of course, Cullen on the line. If you guys have any questions as we're going throughout, feel free to drop them either in the chat if you're with us on Zoom or if you're joining us via live stream, you can drop questions in the stream, in the live stream in the um, comments below. And then we also have Bryn on the line. Bryn is a very is a brand new um, uh, person we've added to our team this week. He is our growth coach. So you guys will be hearing from him in upcoming weeks as well. So this is his very first live stream with us. He just joined us this week. And so we're excited to have him. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to dive in. So we're going to talk about the four ways to sell your programs, products, and services. That's not one-on-one, right? So here's, I want to start off by saying this, you know, I found that most entrepreneurs don't like doing one-on-one sales. Um, It could be because they had a bad experience or put a bad taste in their mouth, right? Um, Maybe they aren't experienced in doing selling. So it's something that they're not really comfortable with. Uh, Or maybe they just, you know, fear that rejection, someone saying no to them and they don't really know how to handle it. Regardless of the reasons why entrepreneurs don't like selling, There's one thing that is 100% certain, and that is that without someone selling in your business, you will not survive, right? I think we all know that, and that's why you guys are here today, obviously, right? So today, I'm going to be sharing the four ways that you can sell your programs, products, and services without the one-to-one selling. But before I dive into the four specific strategies that I want to share with you, I want to take just a few moments to talk briefly about the difference between marketing and sales, right? Because I feel like this is an important thing to share because a lot of entrepreneurs think they're marketing, but actually what they're doing is selling. And even though they don't feel like they're good at selling, that is actually what they're doing. So um, what they do is they want to jump right, well, they want to jump past marketing and go right into sales. So the activities that they think are quote unquote marketing are actually sales. And I'll explain as we go along. Okay. But I just want to set the tone for this. I'm going to give you a specific example of this in a bit, but the first thing I want to do is I want to talk about what is marketing, right? So we can get some clarity around that. The simplest way to think about marketing is that marketing is relational, right? So marketing is the practice of creating awareness and initiating consideration for a purchase of a program, product, or service. The job of a marketer is to, one, create awareness. Get your message out there in front of your perfect ideal customer. Number two, the job of a marketer is to spark interest, start hooking people into wanting to know more about that company, program, product, or service. Number three, capture leads. Without the lead, you can't sell. Number four, nurture the prospects. So that means continue once you capture their information is to continue to build a relationship with them. And then the last thing is, is 
that the marketer's job is to set the salesperson up for success. And I'll give you some specific examples of this in a minute. But a lot of businesses today, they are looking for um, different, you know, they always want to leverage online marketing activities to try to get in front of their perfect ideal customer, because it is a very effective way to grow their business. You can get in front of the masses without ever leaving your office, right? So, the the most common strategies to online marketing are things like content marketing. What and what do I mean by that? So content marketing is creating things like blogs, ebooks, podcasts, maybe free resources. Um, those are known as lead magnets, right? And those are designed to build trust and authority so that you have something that you can use to capture your prospects. Another online marketing strategy is search engine optimization, SEO. And that's the process of optimizing your website so that you can bring visitors to your site and introduce them to your company, your programs, products, and services. Um, Another marketing strategy is paid media. This means that you're basically paying a platform like maybe Facebook, LinkedIn, Google ads, and you're placing an ad in front of your perfect ideal customer so that you can promote what you have to offer. Another uh, marketing strategy is social media marketing. This is where you're leveraging platforms like Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, right? And you're connecting with your prospects and customers in, in those environments. And then we have email marketing. Email marketing allows you to reach your prospects and customers, obviously, by sending them an email, right? And email can be deployed to, to help you segment You can actually use email and segment your list, uh, the the individuals that you're communicating with. So that way you're not just blasting everybody with the same message, but you can actually segment them based on their interest and communicate specific messages to them. So those are kind of like the top things that everybody talks about when when it comes to marketing, right? So let's kind of switch gears for a second. So let's talk about sales. Sales is transactional, right? It is the practice of converting prospects into paying customer. The job of a salesperson is to follow up with the prospects, uh, continue to manage that ongoing relationship. Really, the salesperson typically, it depends on the organization, but not only will they sell the individual, but they'll also be the account representative, if you will, for that individual once they become a customer. So they want to maintain that that healthy, positive relationship. Even though they're not the one delivering the programs, products, or services, typically, they still want to make sure that the customer's happy and that, you know, we're maintaining a relationship as a company. Uh, Next, the salesperson also helps determine if the prospect is a good good fit for the program. So that's usually done in in terms of a discovery call, right? Their job is to qualify that person. I call it ready, willing, and able. Is that person ready, willing, and able to move forward with the solutions that the salesperson is going to present? So that's their job. Their job is to qualify that person. Uh, Another thing that a salesperson is supposed to do is present the best solutions to the prospect. So after they do a discovery or um, with the individual, they want to make sure that they are presenting something that makes sense to the customer right? So they're presenting the solutions. And then the last thing is, is um, their job is to close the sale. It's to get the check, get the credit card, right? (laughs) Make the transaction happen. That is their job. So just like marketing, there are different ways that you can approach your selling. Um, So here's a few different ones. There's inbound selling. Inbound selling is a technique where you can actually, where the prospect starts the sales process, right? 
Um, this is an example of like someone goes to your website and they schedule a discovery call with you. That's inbound selling. That means that that prospect initiated the sales conversation by signing up for the discovery call. Outbound selling is where it, essentially that's cold calling, right? It's where the salesperson is making outbound sales calls to that individual, trying to initiate a uh, a, a conversation uh, about the program's products or services. Uh, that can also be though. It's not just necessarily. Um, cold calling, but it can also be text messaging. It could even be, um, you know, private messaging on uh, social platforms like Facebook or LinkedIn. So those are all outbound strategies or tactics that that you can use to to sell your services. And then there's also a needs-based selling. Um, This is something I did for years in my previous career before I started my marketing business. I, I sold insurance and mutual funds and education funds and all that good stuff. And we always sold based off needs, right? So we would evaluate the customer's needs and then guide them to the solution that met those needs. So needs-based selling is the process of selling a a prospect on their needs or desired outcomes. We still today apply that in our business, right? So in our company, we use a combination of both these marketing and sales approaches when it comes to selling our perfect ideal customer, our solutions. So you might be thinking, well, what does this have to do with today's call, right? Why am I sharing this? And I'm sharing this because the four strategies that I'm going to share with you to sell your programs, products, or services is a combination of both marketing and sales efforts. And even though those are separate activities, clearly they are very, very closely related. They make up the experience that your prospect is going to have in the process of the customer and the buying journey, right? So the I, I want to kind of share with you the four strategies very quickly, but then I'm going to share that the strategies aren't actually as important as most people think they are. <laughs> and I'll explain. Okay. And Colin, feel free to dive in here because you and I were talking about this. We had a really great <laughs> right. conversation. For sure. Okay. Awesome. So the four strategies very quickly is this. Um, number one, you can do an email campaign. You're like, mind blown. <laughs> Not so much, <laughs> right? So what does that mean? You can put together a, a series of emails that goes out to your existing list of, of prospects or customers to present them with the opportunity to buy your program, product, or service, whatever it is you're offering, right? Another thing you can do is you can host a live webinar and you can give away some value, do some education, build some trust and authority. And then at the end of it, you can pitch your your offer, right? Your programs, products, or services. Again, not mind-blowing. The third thing you could do, we actually just did this two weeks ago in our own business. We did a workshop. We did a three-day live workshop. We met for two hours a day. And the workshop was designed that the individuals that participated in it not just learned from us because that was an element of it, but also did the work, did some work with us. So we were actually giving them a taste of what it would feel like to work with our team in that workshop. And then at the end of every workshop, every single day, because not everybody attended every day, we did a a pitch where we presented a solution that would help them escalate and and get the result that they were seeking even faster. So workshops are a very effective methodology. We we do have one question come in. Yeah. Jason asked, how do you fill a webinar? Ah, okay. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. I'm going to give you the, we're going to drill down on this even more because that's the thing that a lot of people uh, don't realize is that 
these strategies, well, I'm going to give you one more and then I'll dive into that. So good question. So the fourth strategy is a group strategy. And what I mean by that, many of you guys are listening in right now today because you are part of our Extraordinary Entrepreneur group. It's a Facebook group. It's a private group where we invite coaches, consultants, online educators, influencers, uh, you know, our perfect ideal customer to come and learn from us every single week. So we do this live call every week. This is a great way for us to nurture our relationship with uh, the individuals that are in that group. And eventually, we are going to present you with an opportunity to work with us, right? And we've already had people, even though we haven't been presenting, we've been just delivering value recently. We've had people who have reached out to us and said, hey, I, I need your help. Can you help me? So the group strategy is a great way to sell your solutions. Now, I'm going to say this again, or I'm going to say this, I guess, the strategy is not the most important thing. And and it's and actually, I don't know how many of you have actually tried an email marketing campaign, a webinar campaign, groups, or workshop, right? How many of you have tried those things and then didn't get the results that you were hoping for? And so you thought that strategy doesn't work, right? Exactly. I know I, I can kind of see some motion over here. So I know that you have tried those things and I have people come to me all the time and they say, oh, I've done a webinar before and it just doesn't work for my market. And that's actually not true. Um, these strategies absolutely 100% work. There's there, That is not even the question. The, the challenge is, is that most people don't actually do the marketing that's necessary to build the relationships so that they can get the sales. And I'm going to explain. Okay. So there's five stages to a sales funnel, right? So if you think about it, I mean, just Google sales funnel online and you'll see the, the, the actual funnel itself. So there's the awareness phase. And in this stage, uh, this is where your prospects becomes aware of your company. And I'm going to give you specific examples of this in a minute. Step two is discovery. Your prospect shows interest in that they, um, in what you have to offer. Step three is evaluation. Valuation is um, where your prospect is kind of taking a closer look at what you do and in, in your offers. Third, or the next step is intent. And that's where your prospect shows up and they're showing interest that they actually want to move forward and make a buying decision. And then the last phase, of course, is where they make the actual purchase. So in the um, so let me give you an example of this. And I'm, I'm going to give you specific examples for each stage of this. So client reached out to me. Uh, last week. And we get on the coaching call and he's like, we need your help. And I said, okay. And he goes, we're, we want to host a live event and we need your help filling up the room. I said, great. I said, what strategy do we want to use? Cause we've been working together for a while. He knows the strategies. Right. And I just gave you four today. There's more, there's others, but those are the top four. And he says, well, we're going to do, we want to do an email marketing campaign and we want to send out some emails and we want to invite them to the event. And so here's what they, what they were asking me to do. They are asking me to put together an email campaign where I send a bunch of emails and they're all sales driven. And then they get people, they, they want people to buy and, and, and come and attend this event. But that strategy typically will not work because the missing piece is the marketing. See, most people think that the email campaign is the marketing and it's not, that's the sales. So let me give you an example of, this in each level, right? So what you actually need to do to get results in your strategies or campaigns or whatever you want to call them, you need to, number one, you need to build awareness. 
And what do I mean by that? That means that you you need to create content that you're sharing online, on social media, to build awareness around your company, your brand, who you are, who your team is, what you do, right? So you have to create content to build trust and authority. That is the first step in marketing is creating awareness. Step two, then you want to give away something for free in exchange for their contact information. I'm not sharing anything revolutionary here. If you've been in business any length of time, you've heard this strategy. We have, Most people get this. But what they try to do is they skip step one and try to go right to step two. I want to capture the lead. I'm going to give away something for free without actually starting the relationship. And so when I talk about building awareness, you guys have heard me several times if you've been on my calls. I talk very often, very frequently about you've got to create content, ungated content that you share on social media every single week. That ungated content is content that you are freely giving away. They do not need to give you their name or email to to consume it. They simply can watch a quick video. They can see a a blog post that maybe you've um, produced or a podcast, right? So you're giving away ungated content to build the relationship, to start initiating the relationship. When you do that first, then if they consume the content and they like what they hear or see or read, (laughs) then you present them with an opportunity to um, give you their name and email for resources that you give away, the lead magnets. And that's how you capture their information. See, most people just don't want to do the first step. And that's the problem. So they're not they're not building trust and authority before they ask for the name and email. And it's the equivalent of, I say this all the time, walking into a bar saying, hi, my name's Misty. Will you marry me? Like we just met. <laughs> Can we talk a little, right? Can I get to know you a little before you ask for my information? So that's what you want to do. Step number three is nurture. And so um, nurturing could be hosting a live call every week like we do. It could be writing a blog every week. We also do that. Um, It could be publishing a podcast. Some way, shape, or form, you need to, now that you have these individuals, you have their attention, you need to continue building that relationship with them. And again, that is marketing. So we talked about awareness, capture, and nurture. Those three things are all marketing. Now, we finally, once those three things have been done consistently for a period of time, And I don't know the period of time. It could be a week. It could be a month. It could be six months. I've recently had a a handful of people who have been on my list for two or three years reach out to us for the very first time. So it takes time to nurture a relationship. Everybody's at a different phase. But consistency is the thing that, that is the key. But now that you've done the first three phases of actual marketing, now you have someone you can actually create an offer for and present the offer to. So the, the, the fourth stage in this process is where you create the offer. And ideally, it's something that's irresistible. And we, we talked about this in our workshop. But in, in summary, basically, if you were to line up all your competitors and compare what you offer to them, does yours stand out? If it doesn't, if you're selling the same thing that your competition selling, the consumer will buy based off price. They will go to the cheapest solution. Because if all things are equal, they will naturally gravitate to the things that are more affordable because they're going to get the same thing for the same price. 
So you need to make sure that your offer is irresistible, number one, and number two, that you have actually built a relationship before you start to present that offer with them. And then the last step in this process is where you follow up. This is where you've presented the offer. Now that individual is ready to make a purchase, they might have additional questions or maybe even objections that you need to help them overcome in order to help move them forward. So when I talk about the importance of creating content every week, and you've heard me many times say this, is because it is the thing that starts this entire journey. If you are not doing that, you can put together all the strategy you want. You can do a webinar, you can do a email marketing campaign, you can do the workshop, but you are not gonna get the results that you're hoping for because there is no relationship. So you're basically trying to take them from, I don't know who you are, to please buy my stuff in a very short period of time. So Colin, any thoughts, comments you wanna jump in here? Cause this is what we were talking about this morning before the call. And I just think it's so important that we don't focus so much on the strategy because the strategies work. How do you, how do you get people? So, so someone asked, how do you get people into a webinar? Right. I, yeah, I, I mean, providing something of real value. I mean, I think like in your case with the, with the websites that work one, like that wasn't, um, I think maybe a mistake people make is they think like the webinar is like, well, yeah, there's a close at the end, but it's not a sales call. <laughs> yes. Um, like there is actual value, something probably in most cases that somebody could take and run with on their own if they so desired, if they're the person that's going to do that. But then the other people want the help, as you worded it, facilitate the actual item that you discussed. Absolutely. So, you know, can, so the question always comes up is, can you take someone who doesn't know you today, meet them and then convert them into a customer today? And the answer is yes. There are people out there that they have such an urgent need. They've been pursuing solutions for quite some time and, and they want to solve it right away. That's the low hanging fruit. You can convert very quickly. That, that does happen, but it's rare for most of us, right? We actually mm-hmm. have to do the work to build the relationship so that we build that trust so that they're, so that they're more likely to, to convert into a customer at some point. And that takes time. It could take, like I said, it could, it could happen in a couple of days. It could happen in a couple of weeks, maybe months. Um, but the key is, is if, if you remain consistent with doing all of those steps, then you increase your chances of actually getting someone to convert with you. So, yeah. you know, going back to the question about how do you fill the webinar, right? I want to get very specific on that for a moment is the first thing that you need to be doing is creating social content that you post. And I would suggest at least three times a week. If you can do five, six times, that's even better. The, obviously, the more content you produce. And share, the more visibility you get, the more people see you, the more people will like you and trust you, okay? That's step number one. Step number two to filling a webinar, give away something for free. Now you can say, well, the webinar's free. And that is true. But most people, um, without actually having an opportunity to learn from you in some other fashion or hear from you in some other fashion, Um, they most likely won't sign up for the webinar, or if they do sign up for the webinar, they won't attend. And um, so when you publish blogs, podcasts, uh, Facebook lives, right? Those things don't require 
that they have to opt in to consume the content. So if you can produce content like that as a step number two, and you're producing that and sharing that with them, then they have an opportunity to get to know you more. So that when you actually invite them to join you on the webinar, they are more likely to sign up and they are more likely to show up. And the reason is, is because they know if if you produce really good content on your podcast or your live or your blog, they can only imagine what the webinar would be like, right? Because they've already got a taste of what your free ungated content's like, and that's good so that the webinars should only be better. To that point, I think I was I was in quite a few. I still am, but I turned the notifications off in quite a few different Facebook ad groups of of people discussing strategies and asking questions. And the reason that I actually quit unsubscribing to the notifications is because you see a lot of the same questions. And one of which is, "Hey, I've been running this campaign for three months. It's sold for three months, and now it's not selling." And the answer is because they went through the low hanging fruit. That's right. They yes. they ran out of low hanging fruit and now they're going to have to figure out how to massage the other people, so to speak, that weren't ready to buy straight away. Absolutely. We and Colin, we we talk about this all the time. You know, in the evenings, I usually catch up on my social media. So if people have posted, I comment during that time. I just don't usually do it during the work day. And um, in the evenings, I'll see all these different ads, you know, of course, because I'm doing research and that throughout the day. So I see all these Facebook ads, you know, people inviting me to sign up for their lead magnets or attend their workshops or go to their webinars. And, you know, it's an ad, so it's targeting me, but I don't know who these people are. So here's how I usually do this. And you tell me, do, it, what do, you, do you do this as well? So I might see an ad that intrigues me. I think, oh, well, that's interesting. That might be something I'd be interested in attending. So what do I instantly do? I click on the profile and I go over to the page. When I go over to the page, I get an opportunity to learn a little bit more about them. And then usually yep. what ends up happening, I look at their page and they haven't posted in a year. And this is truth, right? So they're not posting on social media. So there's no content there whatsoever. So I go, okay, not everybody's doing that. I get it. Like I do this for a living. I know a lot of people are not focusing on that. So then I find where their website is. So then I click to their website. I go to their website and their website is all about this. Hi, my name is Misty. I'm amazing. I'm awesome. My clients love me. You should love me too. Buy my stuff. That's it. And then I try to navigate over to their blog to try to get to know a little bit more about them so that I actually not just taking their word for it, that they're amazing, but actually I get to see what they, you know, what their point of view is, how they approach this problem or that they're presenting and there's no blogs. So I have no content there. Then I'll go back over to social media and I'll try looking them up on Instagram. So, you know, maybe first Facebook was the first point of content. So then I go over to Instagram, then I go over to LinkedIn and I find nothing. I find their profile, but I don't find any content. I don't know who the heck this person is. And guess what? I just move on because I don't have an opportunity to actually get to know who they are. And there's no way I am going to take an hour, hour and a half of my life to go spend with someone on a webinar. I do not know. I have no idea what they think or how their point of view. Does that make sense? It makes sense. To me. <laughs> um, hopefully that answer. We have, we do have one more question. Let me see. Okay. Um, I hope this is that, like an aha. Hopefully that answered, some. I guess. Yeah. In the simplistic sense, Jason, I guess that would be, some some type of offer on a Facebook ad, a LinkedIn ad, some type of something filling the webinar, and that would be the simple answer. That'd be like I guess the the details of 
making it function. Um, yeah, and the other thing I want to bring up, so Jason must have asked the question about the webinar. Here, if you're going to, so you can run ads to a to a, a webinar or a live event or whatever you're, whatever you're hosting, right? To cold markets. So people who don't know who you are. And some people will sign up. But one thing I do want to point out, because we actually experienced this when we did our workshop a couple of weeks ago, we ran cold ads to cold markets, inviting people to join. Now, I do have social content that's there to support it. I have blogs, I have podcasts, I have all that stuff going on so that hopefully they can do their research and, and find out a little bit more about me. But one thing that was absolutely 100% crystal clear is that the people who came to us for the very first time signing up for this event, we had a very low attendance very low. And I don't find that discouraging because here's the thing. I know that I have to do the work to build the relationship. Yeah. And I'd also say that that isn't the only to make note of that too, is that that isn't, you didn't, you didn't just in theory, like run the webinar. Like now you have email follow-up, you invited people to your group. So whether they really took you up on that particular thing there, there were backup plans. So to, to speak, in, to continue in place. to nurture and follow up. Nurture. Absolutely. And right. so what does that look like? So number one, the simple fact that they signed up for the event, but they didn't attend. Of course, I want them to attend. I'm going to do everything in my power to get them to attend. But it doesn't matter that they didn't attend because they still raised their hand and said, yes, I'm interested in what you have to offer. Right. And so then we had an email nurture follow up, like Colin said. And we also have Bryn that's going to be making phone calls to these individuals to follow up and reach out and say, hey, I noticed that you signed up for this. You weren't able to attend. I know life happens. And then initiate that sales conversation. As well as they also become your social media, part of your social media audience moving forward as well from remarketing. Absolutely. And guess what? Every week we do a Facebook Live. We have an opportunity there for for us to get to know each other a little bit more. Trust me, I'm going to get them one day. (laughs) I I was actually telling Misty this and I don't know. um, I know we have one more question, but I don't know if if this is easier said than done sometimes. But I think like an exercise that I started doing when I when I'm interested in something is if I go and visit a site and I start seeing their remarketing ads as I started asking myself, what are they not providing me in this ad that it would take to close me? Oh, yeah, that's a good point of view. Like, is it just price? Am I just waiting for a sale? Am I, am I, am I really an easy close at that point? Or are they not answering my questions on these? Or what is it that they're not doing um, that would get me to close? It's hard because we don't always buy the items we go look at, but you know, that anyway. (laughs) But there is some level of interest there. So you've at least taken the, the huge market of masses of people and, and narrowed it down into these are the people that, that are expressing interest at this moment. Yeah. So uh, it's TJ much had, more manageable. It is. TJ had a question of how, uh, how do you determine what ungated content to give away for free and what to say for gated content? That's a great okay. question. I, that is a f- fantastic question. Thank you. I love TJ's amazing. He always asks good questions. Um, so first of all, there, there's different philosophies of this, right? For the longest time, um, there was a philosophy of you give away the why and you sell the how, right? You may have heard that before. So you give away why you need this solution, but you reserve the, the paid uh, solutions for, for how to do it, how to implement it, you know, and, and, and take action. Uh, and I was in the, under the, that school of thought for a very, very long time. 
but I believe in the in recent years and just in the last maybe two, three years, that thinking has changed a lot more. I actually give everything away. I, and the reason why I do that is I hold back nothing. I, I TJ, you know, we live in Arizona, right? And um, most people don't even have grass, but let's say you have grass, right? It's, it's interesting because, I mean, you're lucky if you have a 12 by 12 piece of grass in your, I'm from Michigan. So like we went from six acres to nothing <laughs> in terms of grass and nobody wants to cut the grass. Nobody wants to do the yard work, right? They just want to know that they can trust the guy that or gal that's going to do the yard work. That's what they want to know. So the content that you give away is really irrelevant because there is no limitation. Sure. Are there a handful of people out there that go, thanks, Misty. Thanks for telling me exactly what to do. I'm going to go do it. I'm okay with the fact that you do that because there's nothing wrong with that. And high five. And I, and I wish you the best and I want you to have success in the end. But the vast majority of people, and I do know this, number one, they don't want to do it. Or number two, they don't have the time to do it. So actually, they just want to know that they can trust you to do it. And that's where if you don't set any limitations on what you share, you build trust and rapport a lot faster, in my opinion. And the other, and I think the reason why my school of thought has actually shifted is because there is so much content out there today. I mean, if you want to know how to do virtually anything, you can find it, <laughs> you know? There's someone out there that has already told them how to do it anyways. So by me withholding certain aspects of what I coach on, I I just don't think I'm I'm doing the, you know, I I just don't think it's serving me as as well as it could if I was just an open book, which is what I've been. And truthfully, I've always been from the day I started my business. I started off doing weekly webinars. I did that for two and a half years straight and did a different topic every week and and I never asked for a sale ever in two and a half years, never asked for them to buy anything. And every single week, someone would come to me and say, I love what you teach. Will you help me? And we got clients consistently. So I know it works. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, let me see any other you... questions? I don't see any. All right. I hope, you know, my hope is that you walk away from today and you realize Stop chasing strategies. Like what I shared with you today, every one of them will work and they will work for you in your business, with your product, with your offer, with your target audience. They will work. But if you really are honest with yourself, ask yourself, are you actually doing the work to number one, create awareness, right? To, to, to be present online, not just in a in a one ad that you're running to try to, to cold traffic, but you're actually present and showing up for your for your target audience and wanting to serve them. Number two, are you are you then introducing them to valuable resources that you give away for free in exchange for their contact information? Um, that's a whole another subject for another day. <laughs> Number three. Are you actually nurturing them? So once they get on your list, are you communicating with them? Or are they just sitting in a database that you just feel good about because you have a bunch of people on a list? Or are you actually delivering value and continuing to nurture that relationship? And then number four, do you have an irresistible offer? Something that sets you apart from your competition. Um, in our workshop, we talked about a you know selling a commodity versus selling something that's irresistible. That is so, so important because if all things are equal, they're going to go to price. Enough about that. 
And then the, the last thing is, is that once you actually do present the offer, and it doesn't matter if you do it one-on-one, if you do it in a webinar, if you do it in a workshop, or if you do it in an email marketing campaign, it doesn't matter where you present the offer. Once you present the offer, are you actually following up with them, answering their questions, giving them an opportunity to get their questions answered, and helping them overcome their obstacles? You know, the industry calls it objections, but a lot of people who hear, you know, that word, they think that's a negative thing. Objections are just questions that are unanswered. That's all they are. And and they're a hurdle in the consumer's mind as to the reason why they are not ready to move forward. So if you can help remove those hurdles, they will take action. Those, If you are doing all of those steps, you will have success. But if you miss, it's like baking a cake. Leave out the eggs. I think your cake is flat. I'm not a baker. <laughs> Leave out the baking soda or whatever, right? Or put too much yes. in, it's going to get too big. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's the. I formula. think you nailed it with the objection. Objections are just are basically just questions. I think that's 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 it. Yeah, and we, we, here's what we think. We just think I'm going to just throw together this email marketing campaign. I'm going to send out 25 emails asking them to buy my stuff, and someone will eventually buy. Maybe they will, and maybe you will have some low hanging fruit in there, and you'll get a few to buy. But if you really want to have long term, sustainable, scalable growth. You've got to do all of that. That is the formula. It doesn't matter what the strategy is. The formula applies to every one of those strategies. All right. Thanks. I hope you guys enjoyed today's call. I hope some of you walk away with an aha going, I know exactly what I did wrong in my last campaign. And you know exactly what to start working on right away. So um, with that, I will see you guys again next week. Same day, same time. Thanks. Take care, everyone.